0: Each school year starts with a new starry-eyed teacher welcoming all the engaged parents. Your kids are there, it's a great night. By the next meeting, that same teacher mistakenly closes the classroom door in your face. Oh, you'll laugh or make a joke, then you'll open the door. But when you enter the room, you see your ex sitting next to the new student's parents, and their scowls refresh your memory. I almost forgot, she pretends I'm an abusive lowlife, and this is going to be another long effing year.
1: Welcome to the inaugural episode of why daddy never cries podcast with your host chuck kelleher at why daddy never cries we'll explore the lives surrounding daddies their children divorce and silent domestic violence we'll hear real life horror stories from unsung heroes fighting for the ability to stay in their children's lives we'll get those voices heard and hopefully find solutions before you lunatics burn the whole place to the ground hang in there daddies chuck's here
2: Chuck Keller and Why Daddy Never Cries are providing his podcast as a public service. I've known Chuck for 45 years, and he's neither a lawyer nor a mental health professional. He's not a doctor nor a rogue scholar by any stretch of the imagination. Chuck is simply a guy who's lived in hell for 20 years. Once he found a way out, he drew a map to help others navigate their own way home. The views and opinions expressed by Why Daddy Never Cries employees or our guests are their own. Guest appearances on the program. Do not imply an endorsement of them, their opinions, or any entity they represent. And please, for the love of God, if you have any questions or fears about your unique circumstances, please contact a lawyer, a religious leader of your choice, or a medical professional in your area. Don't fuck this up, brothers, because we're all in this together.
1: We'd like to thank our sponsor, Voss G2, for helping small and medium-sized businesses elevate their brand perception with design. Take your brand to the next level at VossG2.com. We'd also like to thank Harry Duran and his team at Fullcast for their amazing assistance. If you're planning a podcast and you haven't contacted Fullcast, you might as well call your show Podfade.
0: Okay, thanks, Nicole. Thanks, Joe. Despite all odds, I'm still above ground and breathing, and man, I never thought I'd live to see this day. All right, let's get into it. What if you could help save approximately 200,000 children, and subsequently their children as well, plus add 80,000 battle-tested warriors to your ranks? Would you do it? Because we're starting the process today. According to the US Census Bureau, in 2022, 18.4 million children live without a biological, step, or adoptive father in the home. Put it in perspective, only California, Texas, Florida, and New York have populations over 15 million. What if we can ensure some of these fathers stayed around to raise their children? And no, I'm not talking about the shitty sperm donor types, I'm talking about good dads. I guess first we'd have to figure out why good dads are disappearing, and I believe that starts with the end of a relationship. Keep your head up. Look to the sky. Shoot for the moon. Well, those things are impossible to see when they keep throwing dirt over your perceived grave. But we're not dead, are we? We're just getting divorced. Unfortunately, burying your one soulmate seems to be the standard operating procedure in our $11 billion-a-year family court divorce legal system. Forbes Advisor, July 2022. Listen, I don't think I'm going out on a limb here. But the average divorce lawyer isn't here to uphold the law or protect the innocent. To me, it kind of seems like lawyers just like the challenge of a game, and their game is winning. Divorce affects everyone, but children suffer the most. Of course, that could be the system's customer retention strategy. Folks, if you're going down that road, do everyone a favor and divorce amicably. If you can't do it for yourself, then do it for your children. However, sometimes that's impossible, because the once-love of your life has evolved into a world-class piece of shit. Hey don't sweat it. It happens. It sucks, but it happens, and you'll live through it. And most times, you'll even be better off. But don't make your kids suffer in the process. At least try to argue fairly. Again, if not for you, just do it for your kids. There came a time in my life when I knew and accepted that my relationship with my wife, the mother of my beautiful children, was over. Although what happened next was straight-up Kaiser Sose shit, but we'll get into that later. As per the National Institute of Health, which is part of the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, states that, unlike you married folk, divorced individuals have higher levels of psychological stress, substance abuse, and depression, as well as lower levels of overall health. Having hitchhiked down that spirit-crushing highway, I can tell you I've checked all those boxes a few times, sometimes in a single day. Marital conflict and divorce have also shown negative outcomes with children, lower academic success with children, poor psychological well-being, and increased depression and anxiety. Multiple studies. What can I say? Some people turn out to be assholes, and your divorce quickly morphs from finding a new beginning into trying to teach your partner a lesson. Hopefully after you divorce, you'll find what you're looking for, and they'll find what they're looking for, and everyone will live happily ever after. But sometimes life isn't that easy, because your prior heart's desire is not just jaded. They're not an asshole. They're not even mad at you. This is when the person that you thought you'd grow old with turned out to be pure evil and your home becomes hell incarnate. I didn't grow up in a home plagued by domestic violence. Although as a child, this was interesting. There was a daily occurrence with a guy in my neighborhood. He was significantly smaller than his wife. Every time he would come home, he'd sit in the driveway, beep the horn twice, and he would just wait. Five minutes. Ten minutes. Fifteen minutes. Till his wife came out and gave him permission to enter the house. When the neighborhood kids would ask, the parents would just say, I guess she rules the house. Now, was this guy being abused? Who the hell knows? Maybe those two were just costume Donnie Freaky Deeks role-playing out some daily fantasies. Or maybe she was imposing undesirable control over him. Who really knows? Until I met my ex, I never thought about domestic violence, because many cowards perpetrate domestic violence behind closed doors. Sure, my parents argued, only they tried not to do it around us. They ironed out their issues, and my sisters and I grew up understanding that marriage is an equal partnership. Well, before we get into that, let's ask ourselves what is domestic violence, or DV? Liam, do me a favor bring up the webpages from domesticviolence.org and the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence. Thanks, buddy. According to domesticviolence.org, domestic violence, also referred to as intimate partner violence, is a pattern of abusive behavior in a relationship. Now, this behavior is meant to frighten, intimidate, terrorize, manipulate, hurt, humiliate, blame, injure, wound, just F somebody up. And it can affect anybody regardless of their race, their age, their gender, sexual orientation, faith, socioeconomic status. According to the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence, one in three women and one in four men have experienced some form of physical violence by an intimate partner. This includes a range of behaviors, slapping, pushing, shoving, and unfortunately in some cases, the people being abused might not consider what's being done to them as domestic violence. Did you know 1 in 7 women and 1 in 25 men have been injured by an intimate partner? Those numbers are unacceptable, and those are stats only for the U.S. According to the U.S. Department of Justice's website, most domestic batterers showed a constant pattern of violence and manipulation for power and control. Power and control over an individual. Family violence only became an issue with the influence of the women's liberation movement in the 1960s and 1970s. Prior to 1960, it wasn't even a crime. It was considered a private family matter, which is ridiculous. Liam, do me a favor. Bring up the DOJ and CDC websites. Thanks, man. Let's look at some DOJ definitions of domestic violence. Physical, sexual, emotional, economic, psychological, technical. The CDC defines four types, physical, sexual, stalking, and psychological aggression. We're going to hear about these types of stories in future episodes. Call it what you will. But domestic violence, DV, is a crime. And you're a loser. An effin' loser. If you use fear to control the very people you're supposed to support. So why bother starting Why Daddy Never Cries podcast if domestic violence is so widely known? A significant reason for this podcast is that most of us can't fight this battle while we're in the middle of it. Most of us can't even breathe, let alone speak on our children's behalf. It's essential to get the word out because spouses and their children still live in fear. And if we don't educate people with facts about all forms of domestic violence, then perpetrators will continue to destroy families and destroy our country. This statement holds true. As the family goes, so goes the nation, and so goes the whole world in which we live. That's from Pope John Paul II. At Why Daddy Never Cries, we don't care about your religious beliefs. Because domestic violence affects everyone, regardless of faith. Unless DV is somehow documented, it could be very hard to prove. Unfortunately, these violent abusers are real, and websites showing DV are everywhere. The men depicted in these videos are POSs, pieces of shit, and we here condemn them and their actions with the fiber of our very existence. Keep in mind that videos are subjective, and only show a segment of an entire scenario. I'm going to give you an example. July 2nd, 2006. It's around 2.30am. I was working back-to-back 8-hour shifts. Seven days a week. My commute was two hours one way. Two buses, two subways. Now keep in mind, I was working at JFK Airport at the time, making around 12 to $14 an hour. When I got home, I fell asleep the second my head hit the pillow, because I only had three hours to get up, shower, and start my day all over again. That night, when REM started, so did banging noises. I opened my eyes to find my wife standing by the bedroom door with a frying pan in each hand. She banged them together in slow, rhythmic motions. I need your help doing the dishes. I need your help doing the dishes, Chuck. When I'd open my eyes, she'd tilt her head, smile, and walked out of the room. I'd just roll over and fall back asleep. The next thing I knew, I need help doing the dishes, Chuck. I also need help with the laundry, and the pots started back up again. Who's gonna help me with the dishes, Chuck? Are you going to help me with the laundry, Chuck? We're supposed to be a family that helps each other. Isn't that what you always say? She underscored every sentence. The clicking of the pan. I buried my face in the pillow. Please, please, please get the fuck out of here. I begged. Then as soon as I looked up, she turned her back to me, smile, and walk out of the room. Only this time, she started slamming the door behind her. So I started yelling. We'd bought a damn washer and dryer for $128.04. They're installed in a closet off our kitchen. When I finally forced myself out of bed and locked the door, I thought I could go back to sleep. But that didn't stop my find girl. I forgot I told her how to pick bedroom locks, just in case the kids accidentally locked themselves in the room. So minutes later, I woke up to now the vacuum cleaner, slamming into the bed legs. All the while, my wife moaned how she needed household help. When I finally spoke, she mocked me, turned around, and walked out of the room again. We're supposed to be a family that helps each other, Chuck. Isn't that what you always say? And she'd slam the door. This stupidity went on for over an hour. Finally, a blinding rage bubbled deep inside my soul. The room turned blood red, and I had to feed the beast. My friends, I snapped. I leapt from the bed, and I ran to the kitchen and there was my wife, standing innocently behind the sink, wearing an apron and washing dishes. I barely remember what happened next, but I know I lost it, because I shouted like a raving lunatic, What the F is wrong with you? Why are you making all this effing noise? Then my wife fell to the floor, rolled up in a ball, cowering and shaking. I've never seen her act scared. Ever. She wouldn't act scared if a gang walked up to her. And she fell to the ground if she feared for her life. To me, she was officially out of her effing mind started yelling something like, why? Why? Are you effing crazy? I have to go to work in two goddamn hours? Why the hell are you making all this effing racket? What the f is the matter with you? You're an effing asshole or you're effing sick in the head. I don't know. I just started screaming. I think that's what I screamed. By this point, our relationship was over. We hated each other. We were just biding time to figure out what we were going to do. But not at one point did I ever think to put a hand on her. So I walked away and tried to go back to sleep. I'm actually shaking while I'm telling you this." And there she was, starting multiple fights with me in one room, acting innocent and scared of me in the next. What do you suspect she was trying to do? Well, a simple scan of any social media, and it's apparent that too little has been done to change this money-making machine. What I'd like to point out is that not all videos show the entire scenario, but some of them show enough. So, short of self-defense, you shouldn't be caught putting your hands on anyone. Physical abuse leaves visible marks, and that's the most straightforward form of domestic violence to prove. On the contrary, emotional, physical abuse, not only is it the most difficult to identify, but also the most difficult to prove. Actions like humiliating, constantly criticizing, threatening, shouting at, or calling them names, making them subject of your jokes, or using sarcasm to hurt, blaming or scapegoating, or making a person perform degrading acts. Now, is there a fine line between joking and emotional abuse? No. No, there isn't. That line is long and thick. If you're making jokes to manipulate power and control over someone, it's not funny, it's not cute, it's not a joke. Now don't get me wrong, yelling isn't cool. But losing your verbal control during an argument isn't going to kill anyone. However, if two people engage in yelling at each other, do you really think one of them needs to spend three months living in a domestic violence shelter to protect their children? But we'll get into that part of my horror story another day. So, now that I'm on the other side of hell, I feel it's my responsibility to help end contentious divorce practices. Try to reduce fatherlessness. And, in addition, stop a court system that knowingly allows children and domestic violence to be weaponized. Don't get me wrong. It's not every magistrate. It's not every judge. But it is happening. And that's the reason why Daddy Never Cries podcast was created. If multiple reports prove domestic violence affects any gender, why do you hear less about domestic violence happening to men? So I checked the National Domestic Violence Hotline. TheHotline.org. It's a 24-7, 365 resource available to help people escape domestic violence situation. Liam, if you will. Thanks, man. Okay, according to TheHotline.org, men can be victims of abuse too. And it says, at the hotline, we know that domestic violence can affect anyone, including men. Then, in large bold print, the website states, although they make up a smaller percentage of callers to the hotline, there are likely many more men who do not report or seek help for their abuse for a variety of reasons. A. Men are socialized not to express their feelings, or see themselves as victims. B. Because there are beliefs out there, or stereotypes, about how men are the abusers, and women are the victims. C. The abuse of men is often treated less seriously, or even as a joke. Just think of all the jokes surrounding underage male students and their teachers. And finally, many men believe there are no resources or support available for male victims. Be honest with you? I thought that as well. It's not true. I was completely relieved when I saw that the hotline recognized and assisted men trapped in a hellish situation. But what resources are available to help guys before they get there? Liam, do me a favor. Bring up fatherhood.gov. Thanks. Fatherhood.gov, the National Responsible Fatherhood Clearinghouse. Okay, this is a website run by the U.S. government to help fathers, and I'm going to use this government website because the court system is a branch of the government, and we need to know what the government thinks in order to understand how their legal system is going to work. Only, wait a minute, responsible fatherhood. So the name the government chose as a resource to help fathers is the National Responsible Fatherhood Clearinghouse. So, if a dad is plagued by addiction and they're looking for help, no wait, a dad's been incarcerated and is trying to be a better man, no wait, a dad's just a fuck-up his whole life, but now he said, I'm going to get my act together and... The first thing they see is this government resource telling them that these resources are for good, responsible men. So a guy's actively looking for help, and they believe they're being told that this resource isn't for them. So they log out, and their family fails. Poor wording, my friends. Poor wording indeed. It's interesting, but you go to any website helping moms, and not one of them says anything about someone needing to be a responsible parent, let alone that be a requirement or the title of the organization. Maybe I'm being a little overdramatic, and the show isn't going to become a him versus her. But come on! All right, let's give a quick run through of these resources. Home keeps us here on this web page. All right, Liam, go to the tab for dads. Okay, that looks good. Thanks. All right, activities for dads and kids. All right, listen, that's helpful. Sometimes you get jammed up for ideas. Okay, dad jokes. Wait, the next tab is dad jokes. Liam, hold that screen. You got to be kidding me. Yep. The second resource on this page for fathers looking to become better dads is a daily computer-generated joke. Dad jokes, the second resource to helping men. Thanks. All right, here we go. There are resources there, but you've got to search. There's a video on there called Dadication. It's a pretty heartfelt documentary. This short documentary emphasizes how essential fathers are to their children's lives. It shows the impact of growing up without a father provides examples of fathers overcoming numerous barriers to be present in their kids' lives. Being an engaged father isn't easy, and this documentary encourages dads to make an effort no matter how hard being a father can be. I liked it. I liked it a lot. And I look forward to speaking with these gentlemen in the future. But like most fathers' groups and support, there's an assumption that dads can be with their children. But what happens when that's beyond the father's control? When they're being kept from their children? I attended the Fatherhood.gov Giving Hope, Serving, and Supporting Fathers with Mental Health Challenges two-day conference on June 7th and 8th this year. Folks, I was impressed to the point that I rewrote this section. There are incredible people working to help fathers with mental health issues, and mental health is a rising concern, as we all know. We're going to keep in contact with Fatherhood.gov. We posted a link to their website on ChuckKelleher.com and whydaddynevercries.net if you'd like to check them out. However, do you know what we didn't find on that website? any section that directs men to where they can find help if they're victims of domestic violence. So that brings up the Dads Caucus. This year, California Representative Jimmy Gomez and other politicians launched the first Congressional Dads Caucus because they don't want to just show interest, but advocacy on the issues that impact working parents. Representative Gomez said, Dads need to do our part in advancing policies that will make a difference in the lives of so many parents across the country. And do you know what? The representative from California is correct. Dads need to get out and elect officials that understand father's issues. As per this recording, the Dads Caucus is working on family paid leave and affordable child care. Both those issues would help dads. They're also focused on the Paycheck Fairness Act, another critical issue. Hopefully they're going to get all our messages from at DaddyNeverCries on Twitter and at WhyDaddyNeverCries on Instagram, because we've tagged them in different articles to keep them informed of the other problems daddies have so that the next issue or injustice they address will be to end fatherlessness. We at Why Daddy Never Cries podcast could give a flying F about your political stance or party. Domestic violence affects everyone, and your political beliefs or your state's color? Not going to stop it. But standing up against domestic violence at political meetings and making it a criteria in selecting your next officials? That will. So are there any kinds of domestic violence being ignored? Unfortunately... There is one type of DV that is not only frequently ignored, but it's actually encouraged and supported by some in today's divorce proceedings. And that's lying about being abused in order to get the upper hand in court, or Artifice Accusations of Domestic Violence, AADV. So what is Artifice Accusations of Domestic Violence? Well, the best way to answer that is, what AADV is not, and who is not a victim. This can't go unsaid. AADV pertains to innocent people, and I emphasize the words, innocent people, accused of domestic violence. Alright? Innocent people. That's all, folks. Spoiler alert, if you have anger issues, I hate to break this to you, but you're not an innocent victim of AADV. You might not have intended to seem like a perpetrator, because you don't have the desire and drive to control your intimate partner. But yelling homes are scary. And then they're not scary anymore once you get used to it. And that just leads to another generation of hotheads. I'm bringing this up because we did a lot of yelling, both of us back and forth, equally guilty. Nobody needs to live like that. When you have anger issues, there's enough help out there, there are enough groups. Get in touch with them. Because you need to get a grip on how you react to problems, because sometimes it's frightening. Get the help my brothers and sisters, because anger also isn't gender specific. There are plenty of anger management courses and programs out there, and trust me, your kids will thank you for it, and hopefully, you'll be able to teach them how to control any genetic anger issues they might develop along the way. Now, if you are an evil piece of shit, then AADV is also not about you. Alright, we're going to get a little gender specific here. If you're a man who uses domestic violence to hurt or control your family, we actually hate you more than women who hurt their families. Sexist? Yeah, maybe. But these perpetrators have made all men in their families suffer for their particular sins. These men have made my kids suffer. Their violent, cowardly actions cause great dads to be deemed second rate by this court system, instead of recognizing good fathers as an integral piece of a child's development. If you've been accused of domestic violence, and you're one of these assholes putting a hand on someone, whether caught on videotape or not, you're not a victim of AADV. And this podcast is not for you. Please get help. And now for the worst of them. There's one group that we despise more than people who weaponize domestic violence allegations. It's anyone who claims to be a victim of AADV and they're actually a perpetrator. You're a piece of shit, giving validation to soulless money-making efforts trying to disclaim false allegations, disclaim alienation of children from their parents, and all other types of silent domestic violence. There is truly a special place in hell for you. Over the last 20 years, I've been dragged through the mud simply for trying to remain part of my children's lives. I'm exhausted for fighting every single day. It's been really hard starting this podcast. It's been a struggle, especially internal. I've spent the better part of each day arguing with people living rent-free inside my head. Who is the moron? Me. My friend, this shit gnaws at you because it pops into your life's most memorable moments, and it never seems to end. Here's a good story. I remarried. We were engaged for about a year. The wedding was in another state, so we needed a permission to travel letter so my children could attend. Remember, a year-long engagement. My ex made excuse after excuse and only provided the letter to our mediator two days prior to my ceremony. Our court-appointed mediator was about an hour away from my house, and that was on a good day. Only it wasn't a good day. It was a Friday afternoon, and we were getting married on that Sunday. And if anyone knows anything about leaving Manhattan traffic on a summer weekend, then you'll know that one hour will take you about five. Do you know the stress it was trying to get that letter so my kids could attend my life's event? Do you know how stressful it was on my wife, dealing with getting married for the first time, and watching the love of her life suffer? Wondering? will his kids be allowed to leave the state legally? Because what he's telling her is, I don't care what she says. I'm taking the girls and they can arrest me. And when you're thinking like that, you're putting everyone at risk. But you're just trying to get your kids to your wedding. Your sister's birthday. Your aunt's whatever. Why should it even come down to that? Because it makes people money. Do you know who knows exactly how traumatic delaying one's time with the children can be for a parent? Your ex, I guarantee it. And that's just the tip of the iceberg dealing with some exes. Because the external forces constantly change. Here's one example. Each school year started with my kid's starry-eyed teacher excitingly smiling at all the engaged parents. It's back to school orientation. You're involved, your kids are there. It's a great night. By the next school meeting, you walk in, and the new teacher mistakenly closes the classroom door on your face. You'll make a joke, you'll laugh, you go inside. Soon you'll have a question. You raise your hand, but they don't see you, and they move on to a different parent. So you wait your turn, and you ask again. Only this time the teacher turns their back on you. Then your ex walks in and receives hugs from most of the women on the faculty. And that's when it hits you. I forgot, I'm an abusive piece of shit, and this is going to be another long effing year. James Baldwin said, The most dangerous creation of any society is the man who has nothing to lose. Take a deep breath, my brothers. I know, I've been there. You're going through it right now, but I'm going to let you know something. You've got this. You've got this. Remember my mantra I am daddy. I've got this. Every new teacher, new school, new friend's parent, new extra school activity, whatever involved my kids, always brought fresh judgmental eyes upon me. Sometimes they were there, maybe sometimes they weren't. Like I said, This shit gnaws at your brain. However, my friends, I can't stress this enough. Do not take away childhood experiences from your children just because you're made to feel like shit every time you go. If you are, and I stress, legally allowed, show up and smile at every event your kid has. Let your kid have a good time. Let them see you smile. No matter how your ex makes you feel, just keep saying my mantra. I am daddy. I've got this. I am daddy. I've got this. Repeat that over and over in your head. Then go home, cry, dust yourself off, get back in the game, because you're going to have to do it all again tomorrow. But you've got this. It will help you exponentially to remain calm and stay active in your children's lives, no matter what or how the outside world mistakenly perceives you or how they make you feel. You do this, and the teachers their coaches, and the other parents will eventually tell you what your ex says about you when you're not in the room. You'll be surprised. I was in the constant position where the school favored my ex and, without proof, they assumed I was an abusive piece of shit. Anytime I went to legally pick up my kids, they would pull on every nerve of my patients. Is this your night? Are you supposed to be here? Is this your time with the kids? It's the same time every week. Another salt-in-the-wound technique the school would use is having the school psychiatrist sit next to my ex at all kids' events. He'd come in with her, and leave with her, and he'd rarely stay after I left the classroom. What did they think? I was going to go all Ted Bundy on my ex during our child's math presentation? And hey, I get it. This guy looked at me like a piece-of-shit abusive male. And guess what? If you're an abusive male, you are a piece of shit. I used to look at guys through the same lenses. Only one day he followed my youngest out of the school, and he stopped her from walking over to me. When I asked him what he was doing, he said, I'm just here to make sure the child is okay with being here. Man, did that burn my ass. I looked at him and I said, maybe in school, you're their teacher, but right here, right now, you're just some guy standing between a father and his child. You think that's smart? He walked away. But you know what? I was kind of wrong there, too. That could have escalated. And who would have been wrong? The dad. We gotta take the high road in these situations, man. Even if they throw the first punch, they still get to see their kids every weekend. Now, in full disclosure, about six years after I was legally divorced, I married my youngest child's kindergarten teacher. Hey, don't judge. I was legally divorced when we met. And besides, my now wife was an ex-figure skater, and she's a very cool woman. However, I digress. Anyway, the other teachers also got to know the real Chuck. And once people saw behind my ex's lies, they offered me a chance to peek behind the curtain and see the wizard in action. Chuck and I have different parenting styles. I don't like to use corporal punishment on children when they don't understand something. Multiple unrelated sources have told me this was my ex's go-to line. Probably still is. Who cares? That's all she'd offer, and every person ran with her implied judgment as gospel. That's just how it goes. By the way, I wholeheartedly agree. You should not introduce any love interest to your children for at least a year. Your kids don't need to experience another loss if it doesn't work out. Also, my wife and I had a tremendous incognito year. Those stories will be for another episode, possibly another show. Coincidence or not, my ex thought I was single and she didn't break my balls that entire year. Although that hell immediately returned once I announced my engagement. Well, listen, we're going to talk to other guys with similar experiences in upcoming episodes. And make no mistakes, daddies and mommies, there is life after divorce. So don't blow up by doing anything stupid.
1: If you or anyone you know is a single dad, or even a dad who often has one-on-one time with his kids, visit whydaddynevercries.net and get an audiobook copy of my first macaroni necklace. It's a short story about a dad overcoming a daddy-kid's weekend when nothing goes according to plan. The book helps single fathers, regardless of their relationship with their partner. I hope it helps you and or someone you know. FYI, My First Macaroni Necklace is not about a family suffering from domestic violence. It's just about a dad and his kids excelling during their limited time together.
0: Speaking of limiting time with our children... AADV is mainly used by one partner against the other during divorce proceedings to gain control of the children and their schedules. Control over an individual. Unfortunately, so far, it seems there are a few types of people who deny AADV even exists. Those are usually people who are weaponizing domestic violence allegations, you know, the perpetrators. No, no, that doesn't exist, that never happens, sure. Another one who's saying AADV doesn't exist are people who are making money by claiming domestic violence is strictly a sole gender issue, specific legal groups in particular. And the third, people who are still healing from their domestic violence nightmares. And I'd like to take this moment to recognize anyone, especially my sisters out there, who have been a victim of domestic violence. The Why Daddy Never Cries podcast stands with you. We empathize with you and would do nothing to downplay your experiences or your pain. Nobody should experience what you've been through. And we offer nothing but love and support to you and pray for your full recovery. When you're ready, we hope you'll be able to stand with us. Regardless, we stand with you. Another benefit of stopping weaponized domestic violence is ensuring millions of dollars aren't stolen from families in need. Right now I can hear people asking, Who would lie about being abused? That's sick. And nobody's that evil. And for the lack of a better example, or or unfortunately a better world, I'll give you these. School shootings. Columbine? Who thought it could get worse? And I'm not even talking about in October 2022, when a Thailand ex-cop killed 24 children on a knife-gun rampage. The kids were ages 2 to 5. Listen, these two examples of impossible-to-consider scenarios happened. So at the very least, doubters of the existence of AADV must acknowledge there is a possibility that some domestic violence cases are fraudulent. And we're going to see what we can find out. We're going to have guests worldwide telling their stories about AADV and how domestic violence accusations were weaponized, often causing them and their children to lose years together. Is this a common practice? Please, don't take my word for it. The Why Daddy Never Cries podcast will offer the following. The Other Side of Hell, featuring real men telling their personal horror stories of going through AADV hell, fighting the system, and surviving with their sanity and sometimes their kids too. In upcoming episodes, we'll speak with about his family, their hunting traditions, and how AADV upended his and his son's lives. On another episode, we're going to speak with Tim, a pro se champion. He's going to tell us about his AADV experience and how after years of work, he beat five, that's right, five, licensed lawyers in federal court. Other episodes will be without a parachute, featuring real people currently in the struggles. Some stories will have to have the names and voices changed to protect the innocent. Why? Because it's really that scary living through AADV. We're going to speak to a father who, after many court battles, finally won the custody of his teenage daughter. Still, eight months later... The courts are docking his paycheck and giving money to his ex. Then there'll be wait a bleepin' minute where industry specialists, lawyers, and former police officers will offer some mistakes from their experiences to help you possibly avoid them. It should be noted that if a father is behind in child support, their driver's license can and will be suspended. Income tax refunds will be intercepted. They'll be denied getting a passport. Their assets will be frozen. Yep, reports to credit bureaus, etc., etc. Also, after a specific time frame or dollar amount, a federal warrant will be issued for their arrest. At the time of this recording, I'm paying, on time, each week more than $500 in child support. It's all good. It's only money. And hopefully, it's used to support my children. That's a story for a different show. Artifice accusations of domestic violence are very real. And in future shows, we will hear real-life horror stories told by the very people living these nightmares. We're going to use their trials and tribulations as a possible roadmap to help prevent AADV from destroying future families and ending the circle of violence destroying our communities. Folks, this painful journey we have all found ourselves on is not a race. It's a very long-distance marathon. And people experiencing an AADV will quickly learn that their lives will never be the same. Be prepared to wake up every morning with this affirmation. What am I willing to do to protect my children and myself, and ensure we all have a fantastic future. Be prepared for judgmental looks from strangers, teachers, doctors, etc. But continually tell yourself, I am daddy. I've got this. Don't worry about those people. They're not worth it. Your kids are. That's who you're here for. Not them. Let them look. Let them talk. Fuck them. Be there for your children. I am daddy. I've got this. At the end of the day, everybody's situation is different. You've got to take any information you receive from here or anywhere else in the world and make it work for your children and your benefit and your growth. I first understood how to constructively use my fatherhood abyss by telling segments of my stories to other down daddies. As I spoke, I watched the desperation wash from these men's faces. Almost everyone responded with their shocking word of choice, Damn shit, oh man, followed by... Guess I didn't have it so bad. Then they would smile, and their smile gave me hope. And with the shit I was put through, and we're going to get into that in later episodes, some days, that's all I could hope for. At the beginning of the show, I asked the question: If you could help save approximately two hundred thousand children, and subsequently their children as well, would you? Keep in mind, sixty-three percent of youth suicides are from fatherless homes. from the U.S. Department of Health. That's five times the average. 90% of all homeless and runaway children are from fatherless homes. That's 32 times the average. 85% of all children who show behavior disorders come from fatherless homes. That's 20 times the average. 71% of all high school dropouts come from fatherless homes. That's nine times the average. As a starting point, if we could all agree that if only 1%, if only 1% of these fatherless households are missing good fathers who want to be with their children but can't because of AADV, if we could help these men be with their children, we could lower the above statistics exponentially. And if you can't agree that 1% is possible, please re-listen to the section on who benefits from denying AADV exists. 1% of 18.4 million is 184,000 children that's possibly 368,000 grandchildren, because we know this goes from generation to generation to generation, their lives made better by helping them reunite with a good parent who wants to be in their life. So I ask you again, if you could help save approximately 200,000 children, would you? Remember, as a bonus, the average male, last time I checked, has 1.94 kids, something like that, so we'll round it up to two. Make it 100,000 men who no longer assume all women are lying about domestic violence. Instead, now they're battle-tested anti-DV warriors. If we just agree, not even if we agree, if we just examine if 1% of these fatherless homes are caused by lies. I want to say congratulations to all the daddies whose exes are incredible. You're listening to this show. It's entertainment. I get it. When everyone puts their kids first, everyone wins. We truly appreciate your support in downloading and rating the Why Daddy Never Cries podcast. If you're listening to the show and you're walking away saying, I don't have it that bad, that's amazing news for you and even better news for your kids. That puts a smile on my face. Thank you again for your support, you lucky daddies. And if you're listening to this podcast and hurting a lot, please contact someone in your area for assistance. Daddies know not many resources are available for guys in our situation. But with our megaphones of positive noise, we're going to generate enough momentum to fix these issues. My brothers and sisters, there's no reason to do anything foolish. Before you act, think, think again, then give it a minute, and rethink it, and then act, especially if you're angry or frustrated. Listen, I get it, you get it, and you know deep in your heart, your kids are worth a slight headache. Let them see your strength by standing tall in the hail of metaphorical bullets that are now being unloaded on you. The more you can be there for your children, hopefully, and only hopefully, the more they will see through the lies. Another group I'd like to thank for their support on this podcast are my fellow down daddies. You don't trust anyone anymore. Your world feels destroyed. Yep, but you're not alone. If you ever felt like killing yourself, killing your ex, or even killing your kids to spare them of the pain associated with this insanity, you're not alone there either. Luckily for my beautiful children, their daddy came to his senses. Because that's what daddies are supposed to do. Protect the ones we love. There's no other option, gentlemen. We protect our children. That's what we do. To do that, we need to be there for them. Not dead. Not in prison. Not taking away a child's future. That's not saving them. Unfortunately, people are still falling victim to these false solutions. Trust yourself to have an amazing future. If you need help, get help immediately. Your kids need you. So talk to someone you trust. Call them immediately. We've attached links to the suicide and domestic violence hotlines on whydaddynevercries.net or chuckkelleher.com. You're not alone down daddies. Hang in there. But most importantly, I want to let you know it's okay. And you are very welcome here. You're going through a lot of stuff right now. You're going to hear stuff that's going to make you mad. You're going to think there's no hope at times. There's always hope. All right? You've got this. You are daddy. You've got this. All right, man? In my 20 years of surviving, I've made some mistakes. But I've also had some impossible victories. I finally come to grips with what happened to me and what I did to allow it to transpire. Because guess what? My dad was right. It does take two to tango. The most important outcome of my journey is that I have a relationship with my children. And that relationship was destined to be generationally non-existent. So my hope is that parents experiencing divorce will avoid feeding into the insanity-driven court system and help to keep fathers in their children's lives. You want to explode. But the passive approach is the only way you're going to stay in your kids' lives. We're going to share ideas that have worked. We're going to offer a glimpse of hope to good parents struggling so they too can overcome a predestined future. You're not alone out there, and others have already found a way to make your lives easier.
2: We must get our voices out there. Send us your stories to Why Daddy Never Cries at Gmail or Why Daddy Never Cries on Facebook. Remember, this is a daily and sometimes hourly struggle. So follow us on Daddy Never Cries at Twitter and Why Daddy Never Cries on Instagram and let your voice be heard. Let's end the fatherless children's syndrome that's plaguing this world.
1: On today's show, we heard about Artifice Accusations of Domestic Violence, or AADV. We heard about how AADV is used to keep kids from loving fathers. Never forget, you're not alone out there, Daddy. These terrifying stories will be shared so that future generations of children and their parents won't be abused.
0: On our next episode, Police at Your Door, we'll talk about what to do, And what very much not to do when you wake up to a wall of blue uniforms, which all think you're a piece of shit. I guess the story of my drunk ass waking up to an order of protection will come up as well. It's alright, it's a good one. When life gave me lemons, I said to hell with a glass. I'm making an international lemonade franchise. So until next time, take a deep breath. You've got this, Daddy.